Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. When we walked in, and uh, my, my son was looking on the, uh, they gave me a worship service uh, times there, but it, it had raise the hallelujah. My son said, look at that, look at that, Dad, look at that. That's like, like that's our family's jam right now. Well, we go in, and, and at night, uh, we have uh, Amazon Alexas all over the house, and so we'll go in and we'll say, I will say, Alexa, play raise a hallelujah. And uh, usually then I will say, no, Alexa, raise a hallelujah, because she doesn't understand redneck English. And, and so, and then she'll play, and I'll say, Alexa, volume 10, and we just scream it out like we're just crazy people in the house. So uh, we were pumped to see that that's there. Um, but, uh, man, we are just, I'm so excited to be here. I got to come a few months back, and uh, Uncle Mike asked me to come, and I'm just so excited to be here, and thank you guys for allowing me that opportunity. Um, I'm going to pray to get us started here. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just ask you to clear my mind today. God, I ask that, God, you speak to us today. God, don't let this just be something we're doing because we're supposed to on Sunday morning. God, let this be, God, just a moment with you. God, let us experience you and your love and your grace and your mercy, God through what your son did on the cross and the gift you've given us in the Holy Spirit, God, speak to our lives today and change us that we can be more like you. God, so that we can share that love that you've given us to the world around us, God. And we just pray that today is that. Today is exactly what you want it to be, an experience with you that's life-changing in Christ's name. Amen. We were traveling... uh, a few months back to Las Vegas, uh, I got to do a wedding out there for, for a good friend of ours, uh, the man that I call pastor and his daughter. And on the way out, I was just studying because I was going to teach and, and, and praying about just what's going on. And, and um, I was reading through, and I've been studying a lot lately on the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. I actually taught that last time I was here. But, but I was kind of on that and, and just reading through there. And then I got to the, the fruit of the Spirit. And I read that, and, it, and just the beginning, it said the fruit of the Spirit is, is joy and peace. And, and, and it just hit me. I looked at my life, and there wasn't a whole lot of just joy. I mean, I do, I do what I'm supposed to do. I have a good life. I love my life. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm in a constant state of worry and stress and planning for what's going to happen next and thinking about it. And I just, just God really began to convict me because I've been teaching on this thing of the Spirit for a few years and, and, and studying that and it's saying the, the fruit of that, if I have the Spirit of God inside of me, something that then comes out is joy and peace and patience. But that word joy, I was thinking, man, God, if that's something you offer, I don't just, I just don't, I don't want to just go, okay, that brings some joy. I want that true joy in my life. I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me this. He said, true joy comes at the end 
of selfishness. True joy comes at the end of selfishness. And that statement's been stuck in my head over the past couple months and I've just been thinking about it and, and really evaluating in the areas of my life where there's no joy. The things in my life that don't reflect the joy, the spirit that God's given me, I can almost always root back to selfishness. See, I'm worrying, I'm planning because things got to go right because I, in my job, because I need the finances for me. Or there's areas in my, my marriage where I just there's not joy because I just wish my wife would just act like I want her to. And so when I begin to evaluate this thing of joy in my life and how do I just really sit, it's not something I can just go, I want joy. Anybody remember the Snickers commercial? Not like it's been, I don't know, 10 years where he pops his eyebrows out. Does anybody remember that? Raise your hand if you remember that. Like I see some people laughing, so... I think some of you do. For those of you who don't, there was a Snickers commercial, and I don't even really remember what it was about. I think it was Snickers. I'm almost sure. But a guy was like, oh, he's trying to force his hair to grow. I don't know how this got into Snickers at all. Um, but he's trying to force his hair to grow, so he's standing in front of the mirror, and he's like, and then his eyebrows pop out. <laughs> uh, but you can't just force, just like I can't just stand in front of the mirror and go, joy! Right? It just doesn't work that way. Right? It's, it's, it's from God through the Holy Spirit in my life, resting and understanding who He is. See, I try to teach my kids this thing of value and worth, right? Because the real question is, is my life worth it? This, Uncle Mike said, I need a sermon title. I said, a life worth it. Is there worth in what I do? And I try to teach my kids value all the time with my son. I try to teach him like he... He likes to go anywhere, and he, he knows that I'm a cheapo, and uh, so he'll, we'll go somewhere, and he'll go, Dad, can I have this? And then it will kind of work down. He knows, Dad, look at this deal I found. Like, if, <laughs> like man, look how, look what, look how this is so valuable, and it's only a dollar. Um, he usually gets me. But, uh, but I try to teach my daughter, too. I remember telling her, our, our pastor said at church, he said, he said my, my girls and my, grand, my granddaughters will hear their whole lives that they're beautiful. He said, I tell them they're valuable. So I've started to tell my daughter how valuable she is to me. And I, try, I said, do you know what that means? Like what your worth is to me? And so then I explained that to her. It's, it's like your coolest slime that you have. What would you give for that? All right, that's me trying to teach her. But we all have things in our life that we value that have worth to us. Everybody, whether it's conscious or unconscious, we all have things in our life on a daily basis that we put value on. When we're driving to work, we put value on our time that we're going to invest for some other person or maybe we're in business for ourselves, for those customers. We're going to time that we're going to invest for them for the return of money that we're going to get to buy the things that we need or want in our life. We put value on things. When we're looking for a house, remember my wife and I in Arizona, we're looking for a house. What do we value? We want a neighborhood that is of a certain standard. We want so many rooms. We put value on the, how much money will we give in return for the things that we want. We value different things in our life. There's a saying in Mexico, it's called vale la pena. Anybody speak Spanish? Anybody, Louis? I know you speak Spanish. Has anybody, anybody heard the, the phrase vale la pena? It actually translated in the truest form, it's, it's value, value, 
the penna, which can mean shame, pain, penalty. There's a bunch of different meanings, but, but it means you value the shame. It's like when we say here in the States, we just say it's worth it. It's worth it. And so I remember my wife, like when I heard this a lot, vale la pena, vale la pena, and the only translation of pen I knew was shame. And I said, why do they say value the shame? Like, what does that mean, value the shame? And so she explained, it's just an expression. It doesn't literally mean value the shame. It just means it's worth it. Whatever you're doing, um, it could be, um, you know, working out. They'll say, you know, you're tired and it hurts, but vale la pena because, you know, you'll get in shape or lose weight or have muscles or whatever. So it just, this thing of value and worth, like I like the translation in Mexico because it's vale la pena. And uh, we're going to read a verse. It's 1 Philippians 27 uh, through 28. We're going to tie this in. The book of Philippians, let me set this up a little bit. The book of Philippians is, if you've read that, it's like the book of joy. It's like Paul writing to his favorite kids. Um, there's a lot of letters that are kind of scathing to different churches of, hey, here's where you're messing up. But this is really a letter of joy and Paul thanking them and and. Uh, rejoicing is the verse you hear rejoice I say again rejoice or Paul saying I rejoice in you thank you for the gift that you sent you didn't have to do that but but before this in 27 the first verse Paul really he starts off and he says Paul and Timothy servants of the Lord Jesus Christ to you the Philippians like that word servant too and let me just stop there for just a, a second has anybody ever had a servant has anybody ever had a servant how about a maid anybody ever hired a maid in Mexico, my wife's family was very wealthy, and there was the uh, first time I ever went to Mexico, we went, and uh, like we had had maids. Mom had hired house cleaners or maids growing up. I'd, had, I'd seen those, but there was a lady, and they, um, she was actually in the translation of Spanish. She was the servant, um, but they paid her um, very well. And I remember going to Mexico, and, and the first morning I was there, we sat down to eat breakfast, and they bring a just huge spread of fresh fruit, and there was uh, some kind of tortillas and, and meat and eggs and stuff and uh, salsa on top of that. And so I'm eating and my wife can tell. She was uh, uh, not my wife at the time. She was my fiance. And so I'm sitting there and I'm eating and she looks over and says, um, do you like it? And she could tell I didn't. I said, not really, but I'll eat the fruit. It's good. So she, we just go on talking and she says something. And the next thing I know, this lady uh, walks around with a fresh plate of bacon and eggs. And I said, Did, what was she doing? She said, I told her she didn't like it. So she fixed you another breakfast. I said, I will never tell you. <laughs> like, I was just like, no, what, like you told her I didn't like her cooking? Like where I'm from in Grady, Alabama, you just don't tell mama that. <laughs> you just eat it. That's what you do. It don't matter if it's good or not. You just eat it with a grin on your face, like Southern hospitality or grace. Like, I don't know. You just don't tell them. But she made her cook another meal. And then it was like a couple days in. She's like, do you have dirty clothes? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. It's, I'll just, you know, turn it inside out or something. It's fine. And she's like, no, no, no. Well, the lady will wash them. And I'm like, no, no, no. She's like, are these them? And she picks up like a literal wad of dirty clothes. And she walks. There's a two-story. and There's a banister overlooking the living room. And she grabs the clothes and throws them like this. And literally, they rain down across the living room. And she says, Chave. That's the lady's name is Chave. And she says a bunch of stuff in Spanish at the time. And uh, then I see this little lady come and she's just picking up my underwear and my socks and my, like all, I'm like, I, you do not throw my clothes at anybody. Like, 
what are you doing? But I just, the, the lady, there was value in what she did. She, she saw that there was a value in cleaning that stuff up for the money she made. But anyway, a servant wants to get that picture of what a servant is, of giving their life for somebody else's junk. Like the stuff that's no fun. A servant, Paul says, I'm a servant to you. And he actually then goes on to tell them, listen, my life is filled with a lot of stuff that's not pleasant here. I really wish I could just die and go see Jesus. But for your sake, I'm going to stick around because I know that my life means more to people around me. And so I'm going to suffer because he's in jail at the time writing. And if you read the New Testament and, and the books he wrote, Paul went through a lot of suffering. But he says, because of for your sake, I'm going to stick around a little bit longer and pour my, continue to pour my life out. But we're going to pick up here in Philippians 1, uh, read 27 and 28. It says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only, he's only let, he's saying, because of the sacrifices I've made and who I serve, just one thing, let the manner of life that word manner of life actually means politioth is the Greek word and it's, it's in, later on in Philippians 3 it actually says be a citizen of heaven. It's the, the verb form of that citizen. See where we get our word politics. Politios, the, our belief systems, how we think. See it doesn't matter our politics in life or what we think whether we're Republican or Democrat. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference what denomination we are, whether we're Baptist or Methodist or, or non-denominational. That doesn't make a difference. He's saying whatever you do in life, whatever manner you live, whatever your belief system is, let it be worthy. Let it have value. Let it demonstrate the value that you put on things. Let it be value. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Let your... Politios, that deep belief system. See, we all have belief systems that affect us. We all have belief systems. We may be a Republican. We may be a Democrat. That comes with different belief systems. doesn't matter which side that you're on, we're Christians. See, there's such a divide in America right now of this side or that side. It doesn't matter what side you're on, we're Christians, we're to live a life that, that is worthy of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Paul says in another le a letter, be worthy of the calling, live a life worthy of the calling. See, we don't need to be fighting about this or that, or Republican or Democrat, or this church or that church, or we don't need to be fighting about things. We need to be one, striving together as one. Our politioth, our manner of living, be worthy. Put value on. See, the truth is, if people looked at my every day, my every hour, I wish I could say, 
it demonstrates day in and day out on every choice that I take a value of Christ Jesus. But the truth is, a lot of times it puts the value of my comfort up front. It puts the value of my selfishness up front. I was doing some math and just thinking, I'm going to spend about 100,000 hours working in my life. 100,000 hours. If it's 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, for 40 years, I think it's 83,200. Plus my mom, mom and papa made me work growing up. So the stuff I do on the weekends, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. I'm somewhere between 75 and 100,000 hours working and I'm not saying working is a bad thing. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Work. Provide for your families. But at what cost? How much are we putting into what we're doing? And are we using the work that we do to demonstrate the love of Christ? Or does it look like, it looked like for me, where I'm just going, man, just trying to get to Friday, where I can then spend time with my family and Sunday I'll go to church and I'll do my God thing and maybe Wednesday night and once a summer I'll go to a camp which is a great thing again I'm not not, these aren't things I'm knocking I'm saying does our life as a whole demonstrate have worth and the value of Christ Jesus Does every decision, when we wake up in the morning, I know that I've got to go in at 8 o'clock, but is it possible that I demonstrate the value of who Christ Jesus is in my life, even at a job where the boss is mean and the customers are rude and I've got to put up with everything going on around me, can I still value and demonstrate that love that Christ gave me to those around me? See, we can't get in that mindset when we're thinking about ourselves. See, if we want the true joy and the peace and the patience and the gifts that come that God's given us and put in our life, if we want that joy, it comes at the end of ourselves going, this life is no longer for me. It's Paul saying, I would rather, what I would rather do is just go be with Jesus. But because of you, I'm going to stay here in jail, in prison for the sake of the gospel, the good news, the story of what Jesus, what God through His Son did for me. That verse 27 uh, goes on and says, And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, that from God, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had and know, and now hear that I still have. That, that's one of the... Not that you just believe in Him, but, but you suffer. What? That's where if we had a sound effect, it'd be like the records. Like, wait a second. My son... My son would do this, like sometimes I'll go, hey guys, we're going to town, who wants to go to town and get some ice cream? And him and Jenny are like, I'm going, I want to go. What are we going to do? I'm like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to go to Dollar Tree, which usually means they get something, some little 
pack of cards or a toy or something. And then we're going to go to Walmart, which is cool because maybe they can trick their daddy into buying something for them. And then we're going to wash the car. And Louie goes, wait, what? Hold up, what? Wait a second. I thought it was all about just having fun. We're going to actually do something? Got to help wash your car, Dad? Wait, what? Paul's got this story of, of joy and he's going, man... I'm just here to serve you guys, and you guys are amazing. I love you, Philippians. You guys have been awesome. And I'm, only, I'm not only just love you, but I'm going to continue to be here just for you and, and the people that I'm serving. And, and, man, God has just given you so many things, and it's great. Oh, yeah, and, and, um, and you get to share in this, the suffering. Wait a second. That doesn't sound like any fun anymore. I mean, who can just wake up every morning and go, man, I just hope today is the day I get some extra suffering for Christ. Never. Like we never say that. Man, if I just... Man, what, is, what does all this have to do... What does suffering have to do with any of this? Philippians goes on, and man, just read the book of Philippians. It's an amazing book, but... Philippians 3, 7, it says, But whatever gain I had... And if we back up a little bit in Philippians, uh, leading up to that, Paul, Paul actually says, though I'm a, he's talking about really not having any reason to boast because uh, it's all Jesus. But he says, I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee. Like we get this bad, like when we read the Bible, it talks about the Pharisees and how bad they are. Like if a Pharisee of that day walked in the church today, he would be here for about 10 minutes and we'd just promote him to pastor. Like they were like the people, they, they would memorize like large chunks of the Old Testament just by memory, just the books of the law, just, they just knew them by heart. Just quote them all. The way they lived their life on the outside, I realized what Jesus was addressing was the heart on the inside. That's where the conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees were. They got kind of built up and puffed up about how much they knew and they would hold that over people. But, but really how they lived their life, we would go, man, that's, they got it together. Man, they love God. Paul says, I was a Pharisee um, as to zeal, a prosecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law. Listen to this, blameless. I mean, can anybody in here say as to the law of God that the the things that God asks us to do, like I'm blameless. Paul says, if I could, and here's the thing is, all those things that he said are good things. He talks about his family. He's from the line of Benjamin, the line of the kings to Israel. That was like a huge deal, like this lineage. He's saying, my family's the best. I come, I come from the best family. Oh, and, and my knowledge of the scripture, better than anybody's. Oh, and my life, <laughs> I live it better than anybody. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, but whatever gain I had, all those things, that good life, the knowledge of the Scripture, those things that we consider good, and they are good. You should know the Scripture. It's okay to have a good family. And Grady, like, it's, it's really good to be part of the D's family. I eat at Red's for free whenever I want. Like, it's a good thing to have a good family. But whatever gain I had, he said in seven, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth, value 
of the knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him, the power of his resurrections, and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from dead. He's saying all these good things that I, I used to hold up in my life in comparison to knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and sharing in the suffering, all these other things that are good, they're like rubbish. My kids would say that's like the S word. right? It's a very strong, dung. It's, it's a very, it, these things, good family, knowing the scripture, living a life with zeal for Christ is considered that in comparison to knowing him and sharing in the suffering. See, Paul got to a place in his life where he realized it wasn't about him anymore. It was about the Lord Jesus Christ and the love that he has for the world around him. See, his eternity, if you're in here today and you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior and you've made that commitment, see, your eternity's locked in with God forever. And now your purpose is to share that love with those around you. A dying world that doesn't know anything about this love, that's what your life is about now. When you come to the end of yourself and your selfishness and what is it that I have to do for me and you get to the place where you say, I love Jesus so much and we understand that His love is for the people of this world and the value that God puts on us. See, we may look at somebody and we say, well, look at their choices. They don't deserve this and they're never going to be good enough and they can't, they can't ever be or have, and we look at these people and we think somehow because God has loved us now and we've maybe changed some habits in our life and we, we have a good job and we do these things, we look down on people and we think, I don't even know if they could ever change their life. And God's going, I love them more than you can ever imagine. I sent my son to die for the people of this world that other people consider nobodies, for everybody. And we understand that and they become as important to us as they are to Christ Jesus. Then our life begins to change. Our choices begin to change. Then it's not just we're just going to check a box and go to a camp for a bunch of kids for a week because it makes us feel good. We're going to... We're going to a camp where kids need the love of Jesus so they can spend eternity with Him and their lives forever be changed because I washed some dishes and showed some love with some joy in my life. So you don't go and sweat in the hot sun and wash dishes for yourself. You do that because there's some other people that you want to know the love of Christ. And then I bet that team, as she's sitting up and telling the story of this past week, She's telling it with joy in her heart about what was accomplished, not for her sake, but because there were some kids out there. And the truth is, when we begin to give our lives as servants, we begin to pour our lives out to others, then all of a sudden it doesn't make any sense. We just read this story of suffering and, and sacrifice and, and servanthood, and we read those things, and the world's telling us that, that doesn't bring joy at all. And we begin to do those things and it's unexplainable. But I bet if you ask the people who went last week to Camp Grace, is it? Is it Camp Grace? To Camp Grace, 
Man, did that bring joy in your life? I bet you every single one of them say yes. And I don't know any of them. See, when we understand that this thing is about us uniting, as it says, I may hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit, in one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. When we begin to connect to something, we hear about it all the time, something bigger than yourself. Right? Sports teams, we tell them, just buy into something bigger than yourself. Right? Everything in life that has real value and worth costs something. Everything. This life of, of, of joy and peace, it's going to cost something. You know, the most valuable things in my life are my kids, my wife, my family. If somebody would have told me, like, you're basically not going to sleep for the next year. Are you sure you want to do this? I love sleep. I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to give up sleep for the next year to have kids. But see, once I met, once I, once I met him there, once he came out and I could hold him, whew, there just wasn't anything I wouldn't give for. And the things in life that count, they're going to cost us something. No, this isn't a real fun or just, man, this Christian life is just always fun and we're floating on clouds and everything goes our way. That, if we read the Bible, though, it doesn't, that's not what it says. I think sometimes we, as a universal church, especially in America, we like to, we like to sell the gospel, how amazing it's going to be. And it is amazing but are you willing to wake up day in and day out and say, not my life anymore, but yours? Pretty strong in Matthew. Jesus says, anybody, if anybody's worthy, he's got to love me more than he does his own parents and own children. In Luke, it's even stronger than that. Luke says, uh, in, in 14, he says, you've got to hate your family in comparison to the love of me. Wait a second. That's another one of those wait what moments. God calls us to love people. We're talking about hate. Hate is like in a comparison, almost like in a market of a scale. Like in comparison to the love that we have for Christ, everything else looks like hate. In comparison to who He is and knowing Him and doing what He has asked us to do, that other stuff looks like... And the truth is... And, and thankfully, even Paul says, not that I've obtained these things yet, but I press on towards the prize, to, uh, towards the goal to win the prize. Like, I'm not there. I can't say, like, day in and day out, I'm putting Christ in front of the needs of myself and my family. I can't say that. I can say I'm pressing on towards that goal, but I've not yet obtained it. I know I talked earlier about that Snickers moment of just, uh, and it's not just something we can go, God, you can't just pray that in enough or you can't just do that. It's, it's really just about, the practical side of this is just about stopping and getting in a relationship with Jesus and saying, Jesus, will you be Lord of my life? And then an opportunity is going to come. And it may be a week of camp. It may be a mission trip to Turkey. It may be this. It may be you seeing your neighbor cutting the grass struggling a little bit and God going, I, I want you to go help him cut the grass. 
I know, but it's Saturday and the ball game's on, and I was just going to, I've been working hard on. I know, but, but they need to know the love that I have for them. And, and right now, what they need is somebody to help them cut their grass. Wait, what? That's no fun. It's hot outside. It may be at work, and it may just be this. It may be at work going in Monday, and, and you know that your boss is an awful person, and your coworkers, and they're always gossiping, and it may just be to go in with a good attitude and with some joy in your life and just have, look for every opportunity to be nice to people around you, and you're going, well, it's just such an awful atmosphere. Well, I know, but... Uh, it's in Philippians 2. I should know the exact reference. Paul says, do everything without grumbling or complaining. Then you'll shine as stars. Right? How about just go in and have a good attitude? I know, but it's just so tough. Yeah, but they need to know that you value the worth in your life is about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news that he has. See, if you're born again and know Jesus as your Savior, it's not about you anymore. He's already given you the biggest gift you could ever imagine, and we're going to experience joy unspeakable when we go to heaven one day, and He's just going, bring some of the other people I love with you. Just go tell this world by the life that you live, put value in the gospel. There's a verse that's misquoted a lot, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They put it at sporting events and they tell teams that have never have a chance of winning a ball game that they can do it because Philippians says that. Or It's really misquoted. Paul actually says, listen, you know, I know what it's be to be low or to abound, to be hungry or have plenty or, or, or have abundance or have nothing. I've been in all those situations, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What he's saying is it doesn't matter if I'm suffering or everything's going good. I know that I can do everything that God puts in front of me with his strength inside of me. When we talk about pure joy and real joy, when we begin to give our lives to accomplish the mission that God, that God has for us. That results in joy. That results in peace. I'm going to close this in prayer and, and really I'm just going to ask you just to reflect on one thing. There may be some people in here. I don't want to ever be up here without giving this opportunity. There may be people in here and you're going, I don't, I don't know the Lord Jesus as my Savior. Maybe I've seen some of glimpses of Him and other people and they've been kind to me or maybe I showed up at an event at the river and there were some people and I thought, man, I'd like to be a part of that, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's some people in here that don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Man, if that's you, there's... There's no greater decision. And I know we talked about suffering today, but the truth is it's, it's suffering with the other end of that is joy. It's ten times, no, it's infinitely more gratifying, but maybe you can understand it this way. It's, it's kind of like kids. Maybe I did lose some sleep, but there's, man, he's worth it. My kids are worth it. God is worth it. The love that he's given to you through the, 
His son Jesus who died on the cross for you that says that He's going to take all your transgressions. He's going to take all your sin and He nailed it to the cross because He wants a relationship with you. If that's you today and you want to make that decision, just everybody close your eyes and bow your head if that's you today. If you're going to ask you to lift your hand where you're at, I'll give you that opportunity. There's some people in here that love to pray with you because, um, that, man, that's really what this is about is sharing His love. And so if that's you, just on the count of three, if you lift your hand up, if you say, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, one, two, three. Good, that means every one of us in here either know him or more than likely. Man, if you're in here today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or get up, but I just want you to ask God, God, what is it in my life that I'm putting of more value than you? God, what daily decisions am I taking that are putting who you are and the love that you have for me in this world around me in front of you, God? God, just reveal those things to us. Give us the courage, God. Give us the passion, God. Give us the ability to put you first in our lives, regardless of sacrifice or suffering, God. Regardless if somebody tells us that it wasn't good enough or throws their junk at us, God, give us the ability to serve those around us in the areas that you want us to, God. God, help us to be the men and women of God living a life worthy of the good news of your son, Jesus. God, we love you so much. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.